Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Grace podcast. This episode is part two of our interview with Jessica Murray about peace building. Check our website or wherever you listen to catch up with part one. You don't want to miss it. Hi, I'm Mandy. And I'm Heather. And this is our producer, Kayleen. Hi there. We're so glad you're here. Here's the thing. You have uncomfortable storylines in your life. We are creating a space for vulnerable storytellers to open up about growth and refinement. You deserve the same relationship with grace because it is so much more than a Bible buzzword. Welcome to Uncomfortable Grace. When you were talking about the reframing, I was like, oh, it's just redefining. What is a win? What do we consider a win in this? Absolutely. And social media is that literal breeding ground of conflict. I have not been able to quit it because so much of what I do revolves around being able to connect with people. And by being isolated, okay, social media is like one of the main ways to do that. But I think for me, what I've had to, to do to continue to like, find grace for myself in those is recognize what would be my goal in going into this conversation. And do I believe that I can make this person believe that I actually care about who they are and where they're coming from? And, and so uh, typically the answer is no, for me online, it's a hard no, just because I can have good conversations with people. And the second I set a boundary, I, uh, is some feathers to be ruffled in boundary setting, I <laughs> oh, should say. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've practiced, that's where I've been practicing when it comes to conflict. I'm like, let's set some ground rules. Like I'm willing to have this conversation. I want us to find a resolution that moves the needle for both of us toward one another, because that's what this, it's not like you and I are running around the internet, looking for people and trolling them just to disagree or to try and resolve conflict where there's no relationship. Yeah. And and I think that's a big part of like <laughs> when you're triggered, yeah. You go you go looking for fights where you don't belong. And that's that's not I think what we're talking about obviously, but but um that relational portion of it makes a huge difference. And so <laughs> my question to you is in relationship, whether it was online or in person like how uh what, what did you do after a conflict went very badly or like way off the rails of what you expected to go, where you expected it to go? And what did you do to like yeah. backtrack? If you're realizing, oh, we're in conflict or we need to be in conflict. Oh, this is deeper, a deeper pit than I realized. And how do you dig yourself back up? How do you have grace for that person when you're like, I kind of want to leave you in the pit if I'm honest? <laughs> yeah, no, it's such a great question. So I think it's so much harder, the more, the conflict is so much more complicated um, and complex when you are having these these discussions around topics and conflicts around topic, but you have a deep personal relationship with the person that you're having. So um, it's so much easier for me to engage with people that I don't know very well because they can take me more at face value versus 
having conflict with someone that you know really well because there's baggage that they carry and you carry and experiences that you both and they have trauma and like they you know and so that's when I talk about like finding out what the problem really is because <laughs> um you know I think a good example of this is like sometimes like with women will be having conflict and we think we're talking about like women's role in society or whatever but what it really but when it comes down to like the real problem is like well you don't think I'm a good mother because I choose I choose work over mom that I'm not always there for my kids versus like well you think less of me because I don't have a career and I don't like you know and so it's like these assumptions that we make about people's character um and who they are and assumptions that we think of what other people think of us you know and I think that's where a lot of this pain comes from I've talked to some of some folks you know we like sat down and had coffee around the stuff that happened and one of the first things that they they open up about is just like being like, well, people think I'm racist because of this, you know? And so I, again, just tried about, I'm like, you are not <laughs> like you're like, that must feel horrible. I'm sorry. You have to go through it. So just like validating that stuff who, and, and this time has been really hard and painful for not, I mean, not everyone, but a lot of black people um, because you're kind of get caught off guard <laughs> with people mm. that have known and loved you for a long time and then you're like whoa 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 like this is what you really think of us like mm. or this Did you like- really just say that out loud <laughs> because I'm gonna give you the grace to ch- you want to try that again <laughs> and then they double down and you're like cool I have to go cry outside okay <laughs> yeah. yeah it like it literally is painful and so um and I've like had my feelings hurt in ways like in ways that I just like really did not expect and and so and it's hard because you have to come to terms with your own feelings and um and also just remember all the wonderful ways that these people have loved you um but also realize that then it's but it feels like it doesn't extend to other people like you and and you know that your kid has to grow up in this world and so it's scary and it's and it's hurtful um but it's hard and so the conversation so some of the so some of the blow-ups that have happened had been misunderstandings of people thinking that I'm referring to something when I'm when I'm not because I because I so what I do so this is like my role that I play a lot is I'm biracial and I can see where the miscommunication is happening yeah and so especially because I have a lot of black family members and a lot of white friends and white family members and so I will do a post that like sometimes addresses like these miss where things are like miss and people think I'm talking to them and I'm like oh no the ego the ego just wants to be the target of everything Jessica it's, come it's, on it's, but like I said it's a sensitive time you know yeah. and and we're the only like for a lot of our friends here we are the only black couple here so <laughs> for a lot of people I was gonna say for a lot okay of let's make sure you know Oregon. you're not but I know for a lot of people in southern Oregon it's in the, yeah. when it comes to like close friendships and stuff sure we're sure. you know and so and I think like you know it's just like oh what are they and like literally Jarek and I are just like, you know, Jarek stays out of it. And I'm like, this is my job. <laughs> Jarek's like, oh, <laughs> sorry, babe. You got to come I with know. me in this. Ugh. So, I mean, I, we've had some hard ones and they just take getting on the phone or getting face to face and talking. Yeah. And, but sometimes, you know, we've had some situations where it just takes space where, yeah. um, you know, boundaries are 
important. Um, like again, so I said like, you know, do your part, try to understand what the problem really is. Cause most of the time it's deeper than just a political view or view on some kind of issue. Yeah. And um, a lot of times it's deeper. It's like, no, you really think this of me and make sure that that's clear. That's like, no, I do not. I love you. Yeah. I think you're a wonderful yeah. human being. We disagree on this. We've had different experiences. Yeah. We have a different perspective on this, but I love you. So like making sure that love is clear, making sure um, that, like I said, you own your ish. Like, okay, I could see I shouldn't have said it that way. I shouldn't have done this. Like own your, own your stuff, apologize for your stuff. But um, again, you know, my, my mom taught me not to take ish from anyone. So at some point you just, it's not a, like people should not be trying to hurt you. It's not okay for people right. to try to hurt you. Right. And it's an important, and for most of my friendships that I have and relationships I have, that's already set. For some people that is not, a lot of people have very toxic disagreements. So like um, my husband and I too, it's just like a rule. The rule is not, the golden <laughs> rule is that I'm not going to try to hurt you. So my husband right. knows that if I say something that's hurtful, it's not because I'm trying to hurt him. He knows I wouldn't do that. It's because there's something going on that he needs to look at and he yeah. needs to think about something again. Yeah. And so you have yeah. that trust. Um, and so if you see that someone is trying to hurt you, it's okay to set that boundary and be like, Hey, I love you. I'm going to step away. And yeah. um, you know, and even if you don't know and love this person, I remember uh, someone, cause I, you know, I'm, I'm nice, bubbly, small town girl and I remember I had this boss once who tried to flip the script on me and was kind of bullying me tried to bully me all of a sudden and threaten me and I said you know this is what I heard you just say to me are you sure you want to say that to me <laughs> that's my favorite phrase again are you sure that's what you would like to say right now it sounds mm -hmm. so intimidating but it's such a loving invitation into directness yeah yeah, no, and and it stops there. So, you know, it's yeah. and I think that's like the misunderstanding is like you don't need to be anyone's punching bag um totally. to be a peace builder. Like the whole idea of peace building is really pragmatic to solve problems. Like how do we come together and solve a problem? How do we reach a goal? And yeah. um and so and it might just need reframing of like, okay, what is our goal here? What do we need to get out of this conversation? Um yeah. and but it's it's hard. I mean, it hasn't you know, so there are, you know, so sometimes you just need to say like, I love you. Let's take some time to heal and maybe let's get coffee in a month. <laughs> we'll I love that. Settle down, you know? Man, that's so true. And you know, you, we're going into the holidays. You see that with family, right? You go into family. You're like, I'm so excited. I love this. I can't wait to be together. Oh my God, we need time away. Good thing. We won't see each other for another six weeks or six months, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So I'm just going to recap because I heard you say so many beautiful little tools and tips in there um, that I want to make sure are so clear. So like the practical tools for finding grace for others and for yourself in the midst of conflict, that is healthy, good, positive momentum things. Conflict has such a negative attachment to it, but it's such a good word. And you know, that's an Enneagram eight talking to an Enneagram one. So we're like, yeah, of course yeah. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do it, do the thing. Um, practical tools where stick to your principles. You said, make sure that love is clear between parties that, you know, you can trust each other taking ownership of your part in that 
That's a big deal. We yeah. feel like we we're, we're going to fail if we admit that we were wrong or that we say the wrong thing or that we're going to destroy the relationship. Well, if you know that you are clear on your love for one another, you can say hard things without trying to destroy that person. Like again, going back to redefining what is a win and maybe that's what you do on the front and, end. And understanding is so important. Like we, mm-hmm. um, we did this, we have this one program, which has, um, it does virtual exchange between college students in um, Muslim majority countries and, mm-hmm. and in the South, in, in, in the South of the U.S. So it's like okay. Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky, it's like, it sounds yeah. insane. It's like Kentucky Good. university students talking to like, like Moroccan, Egyptian you know, um, student. I love it as an anthropology ma- minor. I just, <laughs> I, I hear that. And I'm like, I want to be there. Yeah. Well, that also, sounds it's wonderful. Called, it's, it's called Solia. I'll make sure to send you their stuff. Excellent. So, um, <laughs> MIT did a study, uh, to figure out like what students felt was a, co- was a successful conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, the number one indicator of successful conversation was not if they felt that people agreed with them, but was if they felt understood. Mm. And so often we're arguing with people and we, and what we, and what they just really need is to feel that we understand them and we get them and we know them. Yeah. Um, uh. And, and it's true, you know, like if, if I was talking to my husband and he's like, yeah, Jess, and everything I said, it was like, yeah, Jess, yeah, Jess, yeah, Jess, right. you know, you like, don't feel hurt or understood. But if he's like, well, I don't really understand where you're coming from. Can you explain that to me? Or like, well, why do you feel that way? And you're like, oh, he's like actually paying attention and he cares. And so, um, you know, we don't have to change people. And guess what? Most likely we're not going to because most people's behavior changes through experiences, not through giving them information. So that's good. Let's say that one more time. So this is, this is like the whole premise of like our, why we're doing story games. So (laughs) change does not happen by giving people information. It happens through experiences. So that's why, so at least if you're going to have a conversation with someone, give them a good experience because what they're feeling at that moment is also really important. Um, I have a um, really great friend who um, founded I'm, um, I'm your protector. And what she's found in her studies is that people are almost instantly transformed, like in their hate or their bias, if they've been um, saved or protected by their perceived enemy. And it's just this. And so it's literally like love because otherwise transformation usually takes a really long time. But this is why love is so powerful. Like if you can, and I have friends that are white supremacists and like the starting of them getting transformed was the black guy at his printing place that he was working, like who knows that he's a white supremacist skinhead was like, saw that he didn't have lunch and was like, yo man, you want the rest of my sandwich? You know, it's just like little stuff like that, that Mm. is so powerful to make people feel seen and, and protected and how we actually win overall when it comes to like, that's, that's, that's what a true win is. Right. That absolutely. Oh my God. I'm like in tears and thinking about moments where I've done that well and moments where I've, you know, seen that opportunity and lit it on fire instead of engaging correctly. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, Jess, this has been such a treasure. And as expected, I just, the way that you are able to articulate direct 
and honest and real conflict resolution, but even just what it looks like to fail in that and still know oh, that doesn't make me a failure. Actually, failure means I get an opportunity to try again and to own it and say like, oh, I totally blew that. I totally blew that. I had a conversation this summer that I, I stepped in. I'm like, I know I failed, but, and I know it's not hundred percent on me, which was hard because I, I reached out to the person and just said, you know, I, I blew it and I'm super sorry. And the response was, yeah, you did. I'm going to pray for you. And I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that happens. <laughs> what? I called Kayleen. I was like, Hey, um, help. My brain's exploding a little bit. They took zero responsibility. What do I do? And she was like, yeah, they did. I think you did a good job owning it, but I don't think you get to control their response. And I was like, <gasps> but I, I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You literally, you literally can't do that as much as you want to see. You can't control that response. Not no. at all. But it, it reminded me like, okay, I am going to fail. I'm not for everyone. I'm not going to win every argument. I'm not going to win every conflict. I'm not going to find, I'm not going to find common ground with every person, but I can find empathy for them. I can set boundaries and I can make sure that I am working toward a resolution that benefits them more than me. And in that, in that moment too, I was like, I, I that's how I'm going to pursue grace in this relationship. When I want to tell this person to, uh, you know, what's a nice way to say it, <laughs> take a short walk off a long pier. Oh, that's yeah. the wrong one. See, I can't even say the nice way because I want to say it the other way. Um, it's just, it turns me into this, you know, give no, give no ground, give absolutely no, never. I was telling Kayleen about a book, never split the difference. And it's this, um, uh, FBI veteran nego hostage negotiator wrote this book about, um, uh, not conflict, sorry, about negotiation and about how to get what you want. And essentially saying, give no ground, literally the opposite of grace, <laughs> have absolutely zero grace in conflict and give nothing and get everything and hold out. And at the time in my life, when I was reading that book, I was like, this is brilliant. I'm never going to give up anything. <laughs> and I mean, I, I quote unquote won those arguments, yeah. but you know, in retrospect, I was but like, at the mm. same time, like the, um, uh, okay. Hostage negotiation is getting on the same side of the table. Like what Jess said is like, okay, it's we're so getting true. on the same side of the table so that we can, you know, attack that one, that one place that we're all going and not actually attacking the, the person. So it's like, okay, yeah. there's those, both of those things that are actually in, in play there. Yeah. It's and conflict it's transformation, we, we don't look at it as like ground, like compromise. We look at it and no one can see my hands right now as I'm like making like, like <laughs> mountain hands. Oh, so we can. Like, you, you guys can see my mountain hands. So podcasters, I'm making like mountain hands, but we look at, we call it like, um, we call it the highest common denominator. And like, mm, instead yes. of like giving up ground, it's like, no, we're not giving up ground. We're looking for the highest common denominator. So like what, you know, we both have hit each other you know, warring tribes for a long time, but we both need clean water and we need each other in order to um, have clean water. Yeah, to have that. And, and some more of just like the advice on like these conflicts, the best thing to do when you're in this stuff um, is just to ask questions to make sure that you fully understand. Um, and I think what, I think one of the reasons why it's so bad right now is that um, a lot of identities feel like they're under attack 
Yeah. And, um, and so you could be saying something that people feel is attack against their culture, against their religion, against their, who they voted for. And they might have really close emotional and identity ties to those things that we tend to just like pop off and like, and we're like, we're not talking about you. We're talking about the- Everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they feel, it feels like a personal, when our identity is attacked, it feels like a personal attack. Yeah. And so just be, you know, be really aware that like we can make an assumption that we are arguing about this, but we're actually arguing because they feel personally attacked and that we think that they're deep down a bad person or a bad, you know, a bad Christian, a bad mother, a bad, you know, like whatever, whatever it is. And so be aware that like, there's a lot of identity, um, like we're getting identity around interesting things like masks, like, you know, it's like now an identity thing, you know? So like you, you are for or against it. And then you are like, and then you're triggering people. (laughs) Right. How much have we attached to the little mask and only our country? Yeah, no, you're absolutely dead on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so just be aware that like we, there's so many stumbling blocks, like it's hard to have right now before we could have people over or have conversations and it never touch on politics and still have really deep, wonderful conversations. Now it's like, how are you, how are you doing? It's like, well, my kids aren't at school. And it's like, well, my kid, you know, and it's like, and then you're like, whoa, <laughs> like, you know, you're like navigating, yeah. like, oh my gosh, so where much. And, you know? Yeah. And um, so it's really hard right now. So just make sure like when you're having these conversations, when you're in conflict with people, just ask some questions. Like, why do you, instead of, because what happens is someone will say something and we're like, that's wrong. And we're like, like let me just jump in here and cut you at the throat. So you don't say that again. <laughs> this is why you're wrong. Yeah. This right. is why you're wrong. No, because we just like make automatic assumptions and we're like, yeah. this is why you're wrong here. And so instead of just yeah. being like, hey, like, I don't really agree with you, but I'd love to know why you think that. Like, where did that come? Oh, why do you believe that? Oh, because of this. Oh, well, where did you hear that? Or where's your source? Or like, why, you know, right. have you experienced that? Like, just try to lead with questions um, because, and then repeat back to make sure that you understand what they're feeling to validate that. It is just a good, like, if you're like, you know what, Jess, like all this conflict resolution stuff sounds really complicated. Just ask questions and repeat back what they're saying to make sure you understand. And you'll get like 90% there. So you don't fall off the the deep end, but if you go off the deep end, like you said, that's okay. Like you just own your ish and, and it's, and, and, you'll get back or you'll set a boundary and, and, and you'll learn something one way or the other. Where were you when I was burning down relationships all summer? Why weren't you <laughs> in the back of my head saying, Mandy, ask a question. Don't jump down their throat. Yeah. I, uh, hey, I do it too. I, 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 I totally do it too. And yeah. And all, yeah. Yes. So it's, yeah. it's nature. Cause you're like, Oh no, you're wrong because of X, Y, Z. And if you read this study, sure. you would clearly sure. know that, or this statistic is what you really need right now is this statistic. I'm going right, to, right. Cause sure that'll, that's going to move the needle. Let me tell you your percentages <laughs> off. Most percentages are off. Would you say 80% of percentages? Yes, I would. I, I think that that is the hardest part is not oh, like boy. you can ask all the questions, but then remaining humble in your response. Yeah. I don't know and, either. Cause I think I know, like, I think I know, but the truth right. is no, like, yeah. I'm not an infectious disease specialist. I don't know either. Totally. So like, yeah. you know, like I do. And the, and 
humble stuff is because I am like I know that I'm a confident person like Jarek thinks right. my husband thinks I'm the most confident person in the world and the thing is is I have experienced you know I've been in Capitol Hill right in the Capitol building working under the Senate Majority Leader and so I'm looking at this politics stuff and I'm like I'm like this is a messaging technique to get you to do this right you keep power. calling it propaganda like, and fake news but it's truly doing the work. You've just got a different label. That's marketing, my friends. Like, no, it's, <laughs> yeah. so I see a lot because I was, I was a press intern. Like I yeah. went to strategy, war strategy meetings. Yes. Like, yep. but it's really hard because guess what? Tone is also important. So when you're being condescending and you sound like right. an overeducated asshole, oh, dang yeah. it. I finally said my you're first good. on here. So okay. like you, it's, just that's also, okay, great. <laughs> like my dad was going to be like, what did she just say? I'm like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no. And, you know, you sound, the tone is so important. So it's like, we like to be sarcastic, sound super condescending. Like, let me explain to you what's really going on. Have, have you no never idea. heard of? Yeah, it's hard yeah. because it's, you're, it's, yeah. No, it's, it is hard. And so tone, tone is important. So like the, mo- and, and I get it. Like sometimes I will watch, cause you like, will watch comedians or like send your best friend these memes. Yeah. Like, because you just are like, I just need to feel validated in this moment. But just remember that it's not about you in conflict moments. Mm. Like you have to try to let go of yourself and val- and try to understand what someone else is going through, try to validate what they're doing and make sure that they feel cared for and heard and understood and not feel like you're talking down to them or mm. that or any of that stuff. Because all that stuff just, um, again, adds to the personal thing of like what the real problem is, is that you right. think I'm, you think I'm dumb and, right. you know, and that gets into the deeper the deeper stuff and then you know then you have to own it and be like you're you're right that tone was really disrespectful and thank you for calling me on it thank you for correcting me I will grow and try to do better you know all that well and even so you're talking down to me because you think I'm dumb yeah do you actually think that person is dumb do some hard work in yourself like do you genuinely yeah no it's true believe the best about that person and i don't mean like they do no wrong do you believe that in this moment they are loving you as best they can and as best they know how and we could go for hours talking about that but um just i i love what you said reminded me of everyone wanting everybody wants to be seen to be loved and to be known and to have the ability to see and know and love others as well. And so um, you've given us some really, really wonderful, hands-on, practical, go in and don't blow up your relationships kind of t- <laughs> advice. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously, even though it's late, you did, this was a wonderful, this is so good. So thank you so much, Jess. Good, no, I'm glad, I'm glad. Um... I'm glad it's helpful. And like I said, I'm, I'm learning as I go as well. And so I I literally just, like I said, I'm like, I once in a while I'll text my uh, best friend and be like, well, the peace builder blew it up. Like, you know, (laughs) and and you have those people in your life where you can just admit it to as well and hold you accountable. And, um, but just know that it's, it's important to grow and, um, and growth is good in ourselves and, 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 and others. And, growth is encouraged when we're not, when people don't feel like they're losing, (laughs) when it feels like growth and it doesn't feel like loss. Um, that's what, that's the kind of environment you want to foster in your communication. Yeah. So Jess, 
So just real quick, where can we where can we find some more information about what you do and about Wicked Saint Studio and about the uh, interactive game that you have for um, for kids? Where can we find that quickly? Yes. So go to www.wickedsaintsstudio.studio. Okay, wickedsaints.studio. I'll put it in our show notes too. Don't okay, worry. Good. Good. So go there. You'll find it. We have a game, Pitfall. You can play right now. It's is like quirky little dragon interactive story game um that is like more of a metaphor for peace building and then we also will be putting out we're working on our game pathways right now and one of the scenes actually has to do with an uncomfortable conversation around race and so I was like this would be a perfect time to put it out and so um (laughs) we should be putting that out in the next couple weeks so that you can play it and try all the different ways that you respond to the situation and see what happens every time you respond differently so oh that's awesome yep so so when you say the next couple weeks because this you know podcast might not be launched until january, january. like you it think that will be, be out live by be then out. <laughs> yes awesome <laughs> so well, you want to give go like, to the website our people yes so awesome. go to the website see if you can play it give it to your teens uh because we also want feedback to see if you're catching what we're throwing um with the whole scene and everything so yeah awesome i love it so good all right you guys that was uh that was more than i can even digest but i'm going to still try just want to thank uh, Kayleen. Thank you for being here tonight. Yes. Jessica, your presence is always welcome. You can just call in and be on every episode if you'd like. Yes. Thank you, Jess. Okay so I appreciate much. you. We'll just sub you in. All right, everybody, have a wonderful night. Thanks for listening to the Uncomfortable Grace Podcast. Here we are inviting men and women who demonstrate great levels of self-compassion, risk, brave decision-making, and uncomfortable seasons to hold space for themselves and allow us to take a peek in at the process. Questions, comments, we'd love to hear from you. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Tell us your story. Find us on Instagram or shoot us an email at uncomfortablegracepodcast at gmail.com. Music from our episode is from Mix Ond, and you can find them at bandcamp.com. Thanks to our producer, Kayleen, and Studio Hall for the recording space. Like, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you listen. This week's episode is sponsored by Danny Hall Photography. You can find him on Instagram at Danny Hall 11.